When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, we're here. Is that like a good opening? Hey, we're here. Is that like a good way to start a podcast? You should try Hey Now. That would be good. Hey Now. But nobody's used that one. Welcome to Doing It with Danny and Jenny. Yes, I'm Danny. I'm Jenny. This is our third podcast. This is episode three. This is it. Season one. Well, it would be 103 in TV parlance, I believe. I believe that's what it's called. Season one, ep three. Uh-huh. I think it's off to a really good start so far. So far, we're here. We've got Dewey and Birdie here, Guy. Hey, and just for those of you, few of you who've listened to the first two, Birdie is not farting. Just a, Well, don't say it. Just okay. yet, don't say it. Okay. Um, because once you say it, it's all over. Yeah, yeah. it's all over. It's all going to be over, but we have a guest today. I, who, who? Who? This is, By the way, it's a big, this is like you'll... Those of you listening, this is the one you'll be saying to your friends. Yeah, I listened to it when they had the first guest. Yeah, this, yeah. the star power. The star in power in this house right now is off it's the charts. Off the charts. Off the, the paparazzi are in front of my house right now. Yeah. Well, Jenny, would you like to introduce the friend of the uh, of? I can't say friend of the pod because that's what the friend uh, of the podcast. That, that's it's, what. That's no, he's what, a friend of us. He's yeah. a, he's our. Friend. He's our friend. He's yes. our special friend. Is a uh, actor, producer, writer. I, does, he, does he direct at all? He directs. Yeah, he's a director he as well. He directs. He uh, is a drinker. He's a big time Smoker. drinker. Smoker. Yeah. He's uh, an asshole. Yes. Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald. Can we put in applause later in post? Yes. So these are the applause. Wait for applause. We're just Wait waiting for, for them to die. Thank you. Yes. Wow. That's great. Now settle down. Okay. Okay. No, keep it. Okay. 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 <laughs> That's good. So, uh, hi, Michael McDonald. Hi, Danny Zucker and Jenny Johnson. How's it going? It is. We should probably clarify fantastic. which Michael McDonald it is because yeah, there so, are a thousand. Yes. Yeah, so, I don't know if you guys know the song What a Fool Believes. Yes. Or uh, Ride Like the Wind. Yeah, Christopher he, Cross featuring. Yeah. Michael McDonald. Such a long way to go. Such My, a long way to go. Okay, yeah. Mike, Michael, yeah. stop singing. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to your song after this. <laughs> I'm also not the MMA fighter. Oh, is there an MMA fighter? He's the one of the hottest uh, MMA fighters around. Or really? UFC? I don't know what the word. I don't know. I don't what know. The I just know the Conor are. McGregor guy. But there's a there's a, a fighter named Michael McDonald. Well, I, I as you know, I'm a sports person, so I know yeah, sports. So <laughs> he's I, always like ESPN. Jenny, turn it on. Because you're such a I, I jock. Love, I'm a yeah. I'm a jock. And I, I love sports games of all sorts. You like to go to sports bars I once and went, you're just like... I, I've been to football matches and... Matches? Base, matches? And, football oh, matches? Uh, yes, and, 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 and baseball wow. hootenannies. Oh, my God. Did you yeah. see him score a touchdown in the baseball? Yeah. That's amazing. Actually, I was, this is a funny... I, 
the, you decide if it's a funny story. Yeah, but I went, it's always, by the way, the kiss of death. No, it's yeah. not. It's it's not this is really funny. It's probably not a funny story, but I, I went to, uh, I work with a writer named Elaine Cohen. and she's like super into basketball. And I don't know that much about it. Went to uh, the Clippers game with her, and you know when you get, you know when you get, you take a shot and uh, you get fouled, and it's and one, so you get to shoot and one. They call it, but I called it plus one, and because um, you were in Hollywood mode. I was in Hollywood. I was like, James I'm, Naismith is rolling in his grave right I know. now. I don't know who is he. Was he in the he, Monkeys? He invented basketball. Uh, she, got, she got fouled. <laughs> yeah. She got fouled, so she's allowed to bring in uh, somebody else into the arena, yeah. to, into the party. <laughs> to make a match <laughs> A plus <point>. one. <laughs> Wait, so Jim Naismith invented... So, oh, I, it's not like Abner Doubleday. That was the... That's, that's, that's baseball. That's baseball. From the 19... 19- Zeros, yes. I think. What's the oblongy one with the laces played with a pigskin? That would be um, football, <laughs> oh. but only or American football. American football. Not the other form. No, of no. The and rest just, of the world calls soccer football. And they hate the rest of us yeah. for calling it football. Yeah. And the Brits call football, it's actually rugby, not soccer. Is that right? Yeah. And oh. they have a huge, uh, huge fan base and league in the UK. That's yeah. football. That is all rugby. Yeah. It's... I have been there before. I was in and Amsterdam during like this, the rugby playoff, like the big championship yeah. game. Holy shit. Like these people were losing their minds, like in these pubs, just crowded around these like tiny TVs, just going batshit crazy. We had a guy like yeah. I went to college with who was a rugby player at Syracuse and it was, he was terrifying. Yeah. Like at one time he was like, how much will you give me to put my head through this wall? Yeah, they're and I, I was like, how much can I give you not to do it? No, seriously, how much are you going to give me? I, I, I don't, okay, $10. No, puts his he head through the wall. He just wants to do it, yeah. Yeah, and he put his head through the My wall. My brother-in-law plays rugby. He played in college and everything. And I remember the first time I met him, he came to the apartment. My sister and I were roommates. And he, she's like, this guy I'm seeing, you know, he's coming over. Knocks on the door, I open the door. His eye was black, swollen shut just swollen shut and he was like hi it's nice to meet you <laughs> like as if i did he took like an elbow or something to the to the face like oh no he's now a senator yes <laughs> exactly so michael like let's list some of michael's credit shall we like because some of those who don't know i'm going to just say like i became familiar with michael as i think most of america fell in love with michael yes. back on uh, mad tv mad tv that was the first time i remember you were sneaky snake that was one. That was my favorite. Interesting. Sean, because it was southern. It was a southern character. It was a southern. But that accent is one of my favorite accents. Like if I've met a person that kind of sounds like that, and they get real, mm-hmm. you know, like that's my favorite accent. I'll just talk to anybody all day long. It sounds like your mom a little bit when you just did. Oh, it's not, you, no, no, that doesn't sound like your mom. But that sounds like your imitation of your mom. What you just no, did. it's more of like there's a southern energy. gentleman. Yeah, there's an kind energy, of a, a southern energy. It was based on a real person. Yeah. who. I was in the Groundlings Theater, and Ooh. there was a um, comedy somebody who ran the business side of the theater, who was from the South, who had a particular way about him that, and he was a little paranoid, and that's literally where the term "snakey snake" Sneaky came snake. from. Here, real snakey snake. <laughs> that's where that came from. That was his actual line. Like, like he, was- yeah, he he called more than one person a sneaky snake, which I then Maybe. said that. A catchphrase makes, but yeah, it was the funniest thing. I see you. I see your face. Yeah, I see you. I know your, your face. Tone. I hear your voice. I know what you're thinking. You 
a snakey snake. Well, you might not. That's my favorite. I love that. You might not know this, but like when Jenny first became friends with you, I think on was it on social media? Was that we became friends over Twitter, which I still to this day feel dirty about. Oh my god, that's how Jenny. I feel, but I I feel like. Anytime somebody goes, oh, we met through, I feel dirty. I don't like it when somebody says that. Like, I'm happy if I met somebody through someone because it sounds right. so creepy to say, like, it's my friend from the internet. But that's, I think, because we're of an age, you know, probably kids that are, I mean, people that are, whatever, 30 and below, yeah. that would be totally natural. But I, at least, yeah. became an adult before the internet was anything. And even when it was the internet, there was no it's social so media. So, like, if you met somebody on over the internet it was nefarious no, it was like uh, to catch a predator was based right on yeah, yeah, shit. yeah i mean like yeah. i was a news producer and so every story i wrote with like they met on ch- a chat room on the internet it didn't <laughs> end in marriage or something it was like right. and her decapitated head was found in a fucking ditch i so it always creeped me out like even the first time I remember when i told you i met marcia clark yes and I literally I was sitting at the Four Seasons about to meet her for a drink and I started thinking what if it's not her that walks in <laughs> like what if it's some big some big perm. dude that comes in that just like the weirdest catfish of all time oh my god but it, it, it actually went through my head until she walked in I was like oh thank god it's actually her Jesus but still it's like that is how people meet people these days but it's creepy I mean for me it like, still so is creepy face, Facebook came out when I was 10 so I don't know what you guys are talking about. (laughs) But now it's also like, I think there's enough ways to validate at least certain things about people. Yeah, like you can... You can figure out through someone, like yeah, like it's like we at least party. like I know someone who knows, you know, like you, where you go, it's legit. It's not. What would you say your percentages are, both of you, of like? Because I I know I've thought about this a lot. Because uh, I have friends I've met on the internet, as embarrassing as that is, but of the times that's been a strikeout for you, like where there's somebody who makes you laugh on the internet, and then you're at a party and you're completely disappointed. I don't know if this happens to you. It's happening. I, I would say I'm. Thirty percent. I don't regret having gone to meet them. Yeah, <laughs> I would say my batting average has been higher with people that I've met. I'm saying online. It's Twitter, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, rather than I've met a bunch of people that I thought were amazing actors, writers, directors who I just knew their work not from through the internet, but just through just in general. their work, and then I've met them not through the internet but through parties or working with them or whatever and the dis- disappointment level has been far greater it's been a, it, no <laughs> yeah. that's that is yeah. true very few people yeah there's yeah. been a lot that I've met that I'm like this person is so funny and then I meet him and they're just awkward and then they just immediately go to their cell phone and they're like, <laughs> oh my like God. Just, there have been there have been a couple of those yeah, the yeah. internet ones I will say some of them they almost seem like they can't they can't deal. Do it's like a Linus so blanket if, if from the peanuts or something. Disappointment from the online perception versus real. It's that they're not capable of um, sticking their hand out, shaking hands, eye contact. No, yeah. I know. You know. It's like very. It's a very Aspergery type yeah. thing. I think. I think. Uh, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of eye contact. You know, the Jenny and I really kind of bonded. We won't get into the details of it, but we bonded over <laughs> My, your show. No, yeah, I, yeah. I know. We no. were trying to see who could say the worst, 
like who could write the worst possible thing to the other person yeah. and, and, so and, and not break about, and, about like, beloved people. about beloved people about beloved people and it we took it to a level that was pretty it was and I was like I am so but the, the fucked up thing was like we were I was laughing so hard I'm like I cannot wait to meet him <laughs> and it well, was like the worst shit you could no, possibly she, you guys read. screenshot or she screenshot yeah. and I've never even admitted this to you and sent it to me which I burnt but um <laughs> but uh I just want to always think about people who get hacked and are like and people are outraged by it like it's like I would love to be hacked I, 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 I would be proud of all the I'm, shit I'm that I'm terrified I of it I know I, I just think though I thought about this enough that I say that I would love to but I'd be it, it, it would be terrifying but I also think like I've like I don't know amongst our friends we'll say the worst horrible sexist misogynist oh, yeah. we'll just go for t- well it's a contest it's a yeah, contest like, and you can't con- break can, you can't start laughing all, who can be the most, most awful it, it yeah. is and so like my feeling is is like that gets hacked and somebody's offended by it <laughs> yeah. I'm like yeah I know it's offensive that's why I that's didn't why send it to you the whole point of it was to <laughs> make my far own soul yeah, shiver yeah. fuck <laughs> you it's like that's like and I and I, I don't know are, aren't all people offensive as fuck? They like, are, with but it's their like, own, like, in, like, okay. They uh, don't uh, point the judgmental finger back at themselves. That's they the thing. Don't. It's like when everyone else does it. But it's also, wait a minute, it's the difference between, like, a little cocktail party of four people, pretend it's 20 years ago, and you could say anything, and then, you know, giving a public speech. And now that has changed because you're via technology our little cocktail party of four could end up being broadcast in a way that is as if it were a network show. Like it has the reach of the world. Without a doubt. If somebody wanted to make it so. So that's where it gets weird. It gets really weird. I don't know if you ever read this book. I recommend it to the people at home. It's So You've Been Publicly Shamed. Oh, I read that. Yeah, it's It's, great. It's a great book because it's like, you can just make one mistake on, like I'm always, I mean, (laughs) my drafts folder alone could incriminate me like forever. So I have I have great sympathy for people who've tweeted something that was <laughs> offensive and that they regret because I know I there but for the grace of God or just like the grace of I decided to only have two scotches. Yeah. Did I not tweet that? <laughs> right. Well, there's people like uh, you know that Ariana Grande, so that horrible thing that happened in Manchester. Oh, yeah. and but a couple of years ago, she was busted on that security camera video oh, with licking her boyfriend donuts. licking donuts <laughs> and actually saying, "This is why I hate Americans and I hate America." And tier two years later, and like, I know I was talking to my mom. My mom's like, "Well, what did she say? She hated America." I said, "Yeah, two years ago, the girl's like twenty or you know." You, I said, if somebody followed you around with a camera always, to this to my mom, I'm like, how offended do oh, yeah, you I've... think people would be? And she goes, oh my God, it curl their hair. It's like, well, exactly. You got to give people a little bit of a... And also, if you're young, I mean... Like, think if about, I was like... 20 and a camera followed me around, holy well, shit. Well, how about, how about, you know, this is just now. What's going to happen 20 years from now when... I don't know, some way our thoughts can potentially be oh my God. accessed. Yeah. Like, we're all in jail. It's yeah. cr- no, I know. Or, <laughs> like, the moment, like, I can look at my, like, if we're somewhere and somebody says, I can actually look at you and you'll just, like, look, just your face. I already know what you're thinking. <laughs> and I'm, but, but how about if it just came out but, or of would, a speaker? <laughs> or would that just level the playing field? We'd all know we're just disgusting, pervert, um, horrible people and so it would be an even, even yeah I don't think I don't anybody know. would be shocked with me so. I don't want it that way I still like a good private joke I do too <laughs> yeah there's, no. there's something to be said come on sure. yeah, yeah. I, I want a good private joke and then a 
turn to hello yeah. to <laughs> whatever. Like, what? You hug the person, you're looking at you over your shoulder <laughs> like, like, I mean, no, Jesus. I, I'm with yeah. you. So, Michael, describe the swastika tattoo on your shoulder. What is that about? Well, I thought about it a lot, <laughs> and I really weighed it, and then I said, it's a good idea. Yeah. Just yeah. a plus sign doing a cartwheel. That's all, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all it is. Plus sign doing a cartwheel. Did you have that queued up? I love that. That's a good one. Um, well, let's talk. We, we, Jenny and I spent the first two episodes boring our audience with yeah. stories about ourselves. We so did. I would, with our origin stories and whatnot. So here's the question I've never asked you because we were too busy being offensive and drinking. What were you doing before I became aware of you? What happened before Mad TV and how did Mad TV come about? And then we'll get to the new stuff. But I want to know, people are interested in origin stories. People come up to me all the time. They, how'd you get your start? So I'm going to do it to you. So they say it just like that. How'd you, how'd how'd you get your start? start? And they make you can't see it, but I'm making a big. You're gesticulating. I'm gesticulating yeah. wildly. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, for me, I was a loan officer in a bank. No. And uh, what city? In L.A. Wow. And <laughs> unhappily. So really, <laughs> and a friend of mine, I went to USC for, or and I should say also Notre Dame, uh-huh. and a friend from Notre Dame who I met in business school said, uh, who settled back in LA said, I'm going to be an actor, and I'm going to take these things called improv classes at this place called the Groundlings Theater, and I want you to come see a show so you can see what I'm doing, and I was like, uh, in my head was like, you're throwing your life away. You know, because she was a very smart business yeah. student. And uh, what year is this? Just a round. Nineteen eighty-eight. That's the year I moved out to LA too. That's funny. I was Ten. Go <laughs> fuck yourself. And uh, I went to this see this growling show. I'd never seen. I'd never. I'd never heard of improv. Yeah. And I'd never seen anything live like that. And I went, oh, that's what I want to do. So it never occurred to you that that would be something you'd want to do before? I never in a million like years thought it. And uh, I quit my job that Friday. Seriously? Yep. Wow. And uh, then auditioned for classes and got into the growlings and then became a waiter. And then quickly had people that I had said no to for loans as a loan officer in my restaurant while I, you know, I like hey, let me tell let me tell you oh, the specials, specials and they'd turn glass. and they'd be like, yeah, tell us the specials. Yeah, it was fucking horrifying. Yeah, I but did, by the way, not I a great tip, I'm assuming. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think sometimes I get, I think I got good pity tips. Oh, but yeah. by the way, it wasn't like oh, I decided not to give them a loan. Like it was the, yeah. the loan committee. I but I was the you were the face the, of that. Yeah, you were the face of rejection. Did you ever feel like waiting tables helped you with acting? Uh, yeah, sure, to, because like, people are like, terrible, yeah, and yeah. you have to, if you want to just put on dance and, and take off your clothes slowly, do the yeah. striptease for that tip. I waited sure. tables all through college, and I did the same thing. I just would like go up to a table and decide, I'm getting my doctorate in psychology. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I just perform so a whole I, thing in my head just to like fuck with people. Yeah, like, I, I drove a cab, so it was like, but it was a similar, <laughs> no, I did, but it was a similar, a it was, yeah, I did, and it was like, and I drove a cab, and I drove, uh, before that, like a car service is like pre-Uber, obviously, because I'm old, but yeah, and I felt the same thing. I thought like, wow, this is like, I, I didn't know whether I was going to be a writer or performer at that time. I thought I'd do something both, but it was, I thought this is valuable. I'm like, <laughs> it's like a great way to just to talk to people and like engage and see how people act and they oh, you know, yeah. try to behave. And oh, absolutely. I always like when people try to seem like they're something that they're not, they try to seem like really important. And I've always found, always yeah, them. the tr- a tremendous, um, interesting dynamic in the waiter customer uh, exchange because you know there's a power dynamic that happens, yeah. 
And people, I think, a lot of people who are customers bring their shit to the that moment yeah. because it's the chance to even the score or the opposite where they're like, you know, I had a horrible, I'm not going to do that to this person. Yeah. And they're super nice yeah. no matter how bad you mess up. I've noticed this and I feel like people who feel powerless in their lives tend to be the meanest to service people. Right. Oh, yeah. And I noticed that in my amongst relatives who feel like their lives yeah. are out of control and or you know I'm thinking of specific people but they may listen to the show yeah. but it's like <laughs> but people who are don't it's just like oh my god finally someone works for me yeah yeah you're good I'm gonna and I get you. so I get mortified when I'm around people like and, and I have the friends family like I've I won't say names either but like sitting there and just the moment it happens, I just want to melt into the floor I'm like are you really talking to this poor person like you know for who hadn't done anything but say, what can I get you to start off with <laughs> to drink? Yeah. And you're just unloaded on this poor individual. I, I remember in college, I was on a date with a girl. It was like, they couldn't have been sweeter and was cute. And But whenever, like, I went on maybe three dates with her. And whenever we were in a restaurant, like, the, the food would come. And it's like, this is cold. It was oh, like, no. or like, and it was like, and I was well, a nicer way to probably say that. But it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't you, be out with you Now, her. you added that she was cute. Was that necessary to the story? It is it is necessary because it was a deal breaker and I'm shallow. So, oh, oh, so it was gotcha. like, she was like, she was like <laughs> out of my league physically, but she was still, it was because of that tick, it was, it became unattractive. I mean, I, I continued to jerk off to like her pictures. Well, that's good. That's yeah, sweet. Sweet. That's just, it, yeah, that's what we call it. Can you get in trouble for romantic. jerking off to your old junior high yearbooks? Is that pedophilia? Yeah, yeah. I've, I, I've wondered that. The other day. I was like, I, I was, wonder, because it's not, I, you were there. I know. I was thinking about that. Well, did you ever read Lolita? Have you ever read the book Lolita? So in the book Lolita, yeah. it actually, they, they, they describe how he got to by how Humbert Humbert became like a pedophile, and it was the first, his name was Humbert Humbert. No, I but know, the, the first the first he became a pedophile because the first girl he fell in love with was like twelve yeah. when he was twelve, and she rejected him, and he never got over her. So that's all he got for whatever reason he got stuck there. Yeah, I know we can edit that out. Probably yeah. it's not really that good a story. <laughs> and also, I want to point out that it's sad that it took a podcast to find out this about you, Michael. Like that, like you. Well, we're, you've, we're going to correct all of history's wrongs with this podcast. I know. I think we are. <laughs> we're going to right all the wrongs. Don't um, worry. That's okay. what we're here for. So you started the Groundlings, which is amazing. You had no performance idea. Like as a kid, like when you were in school, were you like, uh, you no, no school plays? None no, of no. I was frowned upon really? in my family. Oh. It was a fruitless pursuit. You wouldn't do that. That, okay. that was people who didn't understand how the real world real world worked would do that that's sort of my dad I was my dad's uh <laughs> I, well I was my family's Irish uh, immigrant very practical yeah you know get a business degree and you yeah. know try to fight off the horror that is the real world and be a loan officer <laughs> yeah maybe or whatever I mean they yeah. didn't say you have to be a loan officer yeah. that's just how I ended up but you know I, I actually think it was a good thing I I don't know. I I always feel a little bit behind. I don't know if you guys feel this way. Yeah. But like, I think we probably all have friends who trained from whatever, teenhood yeah, yeah. or college. And I always felt a little illegitimate. But I also think, I don't know, if things fall to shit, I can go back yeah. and figure out something well, business-wise. I, I feel the same way. I mean, I spent 12 years of TV news producing. Right. And I was do you know dipping my toe into like writing and doing shit on the side, but I was never 
like what the main thing that I was doing. So then when it finally started working, I was like, I'm starting this so late. You know, like I'm so late to the party. Grandma and so, Moses. Yeah. Well, but, I, but I feel like, you know, like I get that way. And, and when I started, you know, really doing stand up and everything, and like I get all these gigs at the Laugh Factory and then I'll sit there now and there'll be people like, I've been doing stand up for 11 years. My first time at the Laugh Factory. And I feel like such a, I cut in front of the line or something like. Right. But I mean, you know, there for all of our stories, there's probably someone else who was 15 years old who did. There, there just aren't any real rules. There aren't, yeah. and it, like, because for me, like, I've never wanted to do anything other than what I'm doing since I was like four years old. And I heard you could make money by making people laugh. Like that was like my grandpa worked as a bartender in the Catskills, and and I met a comedian. <laughs> Sounds so, I believe it. Completely. No, it really does. It feels like Brighton Beach memoirs. I feel like a Neil Simon character. But he was like, who is the comedian? Okay, I, he was my he was an was he uncle. On the Milton Berle Texaco he, hour. No, but he was like he was like a comedian. He was there all the time. And he's got the greatest. He's probably his real name was probably Shlomo Jew Rabinowitz, but his uh, McMoney back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mazuzza knows, but his, uh, but his no, McMoney back. That's your. That's yours. That's Irish. <laughs> but his name was Van Harris. Van. Oh God, that and, sounds made and, up. And, 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 no, I know. And he like told me a joke and brought me. Up, and it was like, oh my, like I felt bad for my dad who was a businessman. I was like, do you know you can make money like being funny? And so like, so like I, but like I, whenever somebody asks me like how you make it, it's like I don't know. Like how? What's the what's the yeah. way? I always felt like it's like it's a little bit like you you walk through a jungle and you you take a machete and you get in somehow, but that path closes behind you yeah. and you got to find your own path. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. like once you're in, you you still have to have like the work. Like you have to have the chops like stay. I know. Like but you can get you in, have, but you have to be able to stay. I have a question for you guys okay. since you're terrible interviewers. I know, um, and we love ourselves. Did so much. describe a person who gave you a break or gave you an act of kindness or an encouragement or a leg up or an opportunity? What did you have? Anything? I would say that Pat Oswalt was the one for me. Like when I was writing all these tweets and I had just however many followers, it wasn't that all of a sudden Patton who had like a million just went through and retweeted all of my shit and was telling everyone, follow this person. He would give interviews and say, Oh, if you want to follow someone, follow it. Like, I mean, I was, I'm still kind of like blown away that somebody would do something. Have you met him personally? Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, Have you I, thanked him? A million times. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And he's the nicest guy in the world, but it's still like, had he not have done that, it opened all of a sudden all these other people started fall. you know, like it, that's where it kind of, I felt like everything started like trucking along for me. So I would say Patton for sure. I mean, for me, it was like, there's a couple of people whose names would mean nothing to like people who gave me producers who gave me jobs. Like they're like these. I'll just give him a shout out in case they're still alive. But like uh, this guy Steve Schwartz and Peter Calabrese. But like the people you would know for me were Those like. Those sound like people's names that you think at I, the Emmys. I know. Well, they really <laughs> do. But it was like for, for me, it would be like, you know, the two who really helped me out the most were like. Well, it was three. Matt Lauer, who was really championed me on a show called PM Magazine, my my son, and thought I was funny and like passed my tapes around when I got out of college. This was before he was on the day show. Howard Stern who hired me, I was hired as like a PA on these Fox pilots and all and thought I was funny and was really nice to me. And Arsenio Hall, who I was a PA on that show, and after he fired writers, hired me. So it was like, those are the guys who like, the, the big guys who sort of like, yeah. They, they, but who's yours? Who gave you a, like a, a hand up that you can... Nobody did. Nope. <laughs> you are so... 100% no, no, no. self-earned. That's how talented Michael McDonald is. No, you know, I've had, I think, a ton of people that have been really... Nice, which is why I asked the question because this will be very obscure, but 
the first person for me was this guy named um oh shit steve it'll come to me spielberg no martin no 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 zacharias steven zacharias he was a writer of the uh th- uh the original revenge of the nerds oh, oh my god and he was at that time I don't know, probably in his mid-40s, and I was, whatever, 22. And my dad, through who sold furniture, knew his uncle who sold furniture, some you know terribly distant thing, right. and said, will you meet with this kid who is a loan officer type uh-huh. of thing? Uh-huh. And I went to his very fancy house in Santa Monica, and he was the nicest person in the world I'd ever met, and poured me a big scotch and I thought I was going to receive all this wisdom or maybe some, you know, like job interviews. And he didn't really have that. He just mostly said, what do you want to do? And just encouraged me to like write what I want to write, perform how I want to perform. And it was this weird, it was basically permission. And he was so nice. It is amazing. And this is the only good thing I can think about getting older is you do get this wisdom a little bit, but the the power of somebody like uh, just ahead of you telling you you can do it is so it's just it's so powerful and I think about the people I, I I try and remember that when I get annoyed when someone asks me to read a spec script or or, mm-hmm. or things like that and I try and remember that like that like it doesn't even have to be like you get him a job. It's just like, wow, that joke made me laugh. Or, yeah. You know, I, when I was in my first punch up room, it was with, you, we know I, I, where I was like a very young, I was just getting into sitcoms, but I was punching up a movie and it was, uh, um, Levine and Isaacs, you know. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah David yeah, Isaacs and yeah, Ken Levine. Ken Levine, yeah, yeah. who I, I, when I first came to L.A. to read, like, how to write a sitcom, I read their Cheers. Yeah. And I was in a room with them, I'm like 20 eight or something can Levine's someone too by the way for me like yeah he's I have great. my lunches with him and he's like a mentor to me he's yeah really nice. but they like yeah they're laughing and they're like wow you're you know and like they recommended me to somebody and it's like wow that like that it's it, it's good okay yeah. well I'm gonna ask we're gonna ask you a question now how did mad tv come about <laughs> how did like so you're, you're you're at the how long are you at the groundlings before like you start to like work outside of the groundlings uh, I had been at it. I don't know. I got into the Groundlings. I got into the Groundlings the weekend of the LA riots, 1992. Uh, was that why they rioted? <laughs> Apparently, was that the cause? they did not care. They were upset about Rodney King's beating and also my admission into yes. the Groundlings. No McDonald, no peace. I yeah. remember that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I just, I had a rough time. I couldn't get. I would like do shows at the Groundlings. I would get decent write-ups in the paper or yeah. whatever, but I couldn't get an agent. I couldn't get work at all, and I. So you didn't have any represent, you know, manager. I couldn't. Nothing. Everyone else, everyone else I knew had agents, managers, yeah. whatever. I couldn't get any traction anywhere, and then I started writing really shitty Roger Corman movies. Oh, you worked in that in that in that camp. Yeah. I had a meeting with him when I first came out here too. That's amazing. Yeah, because he helped out so many people. Yeah, I, but I lo- I beg to differ with the, the portrayal of <laughs> him as the Sarah B- Bernhard of whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, he no. wasn't. Okay, good. No, good. no, okay. he was no saint. Well, he didn't hire me, so um, fuck him. Yeah, but it, I don't but know I will is, say so it was it was an opportunity yeah. in that if you wanted to work for free, more or less, yeah. you could learn, and so that was kind of my. 
but I, I thought, oh, I'll never be an actor because it's just not happening. Maybe I'll be a writer director. And so I wrote and directed a bunch of shitty movies. We have to have a film festival one night. And um, <laughs> then the minute I decided I wouldn't be an actor uh, and dedicate myself to being a writer director, that's when acting work came at me like a train and the lesson is give up yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but I swear to God I tried, I tried and tried and tried and nothing happened and then when I stopped trying then it happened desperation yeah. is not sexy and, and in well, any way like, anytime you hear like a chick that's like oh, I've just been looking for a boyfriend looking for, I'm like stop fucking looking for a no, boyfriend it, it, just stop it, it. it's it like, true just go live your fucking life and then I, life will happen it is uh, when I don't give a shit there's so, you give off a vibe that oh the, the, yeah. the, it's something about it that it's like oh, the other person wants to win you Yeah, <laughs> it's like but I to this day if you ask me to go in tomorrow for an audition for something, I would probably fuck it up. The minute I have to audition for something or prove myself in that way, I, it, it's probably me DNA shit. I don't know. But now it doesn't matter. Well, I was going to offer you a part of Modern Family, but I guess um, I can't now because of that. No, you can offer it. I, I'm <laughs> offer only. Oh, you're yeah. offer only now? That's right. You're a big deal. How did you, so, so what, what happened after, so you, so what was the thing once you stopped giving a shit? I... Got an audition for Mad TV and SNL the same week. Wow. Oh, my God. And I, I've, I should add, I'm sorry, a um, sitcom for a network, which I'd never been offered a series regular potential, I should say, because yeah. there were three auditions in the span of a week. Holy And I'd never had anything like that in those seven years before it. That's crazy, though, for, to have S and N like all in the same. It was the, it was crazy, and the. But was, is your mentality like when that all happens? Do you go fuck? I hope I get one of these, or do you think it's amazing, or do you think like do you panic that you're not going to get anything? I think it was such a. It was one of those things where I felt like I was being um, marched through a a jungle with people with gun in my head. It was it was so overwhelming. I was yeah, like, yeah. I, maybe I should just get. Maybe I should just be shot. Like, yeah. it was too overwhelming. Did yeah, you audition yeah. for Lauren? I auditioned for Lauren and oh, Tina Fey. Okay, everybody has a Lauren. So, so can you... I, I'm just fascinated with... The Lauren stories? I, I sound a little bit like um, uh, Mark... Uh, uh, um, what the fuck? Um, who does WTF? Uh, um, uh, Mark Maron. Mark, Mark Maron, Maron who's yeah. like obsessed with Lauren. But I'm a little obsessed with it, too. What was that like? What was that, what was that audition like? Well, first of all, so I went in with... Went in with... It was the same year. Me, Jimmy Fallon, Chris Parnell, and th- I, those were the ones I knew because Jimmy Fallon was a former student of mine. Chris Parnell was another grounding friend. Wasn't that the year Farrell went in? No, that was um, a couple of years. They were before us. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you, they fly. First of all, everything's last minute. Like it was completely. I didn't. I didn't know it was coming. It was like, just can you go fly? How many like uh, impressions? Like, what? Did, how many things? They did gave. You have to have? They the rule. I think was like you have five minutes total. You should do impressions and original characters. That I think was the mandate okay. that year. Uh-huh. And they don't give you much beyond that. And they put you up in the hotel. All of you are in the same hotel. Oh man. And Chris Parnell and I were friends. And um, he's brilliant, by the he's, way. He's amazing. He's brilliant. And, and a really good person. That's what I've heard yeah. from everybody. So, and so is Jimmy, by the way. And I, I, Jimmy was kind of doing stand up at the time. So maybe it'd been a year or whatever mm-hmm. that I'd seen him. But I mean, he's my student for a, a second. And you go there, they don't tell you, but they, they say, like, your audition's going to be tomorrow. We don't know when. Oh my God! And just um, to fuck with you. Well, and no, I don't think it's to fuck with you. I think it's just it's just a very big deal. You know, there's lots happening. There's lots of people. Yeah. 
And um, so you, you know, the night before, like Chris Parnell and I, I remember we were in the hotel, we were next to each other. Hotel, I could hear him in his hotel room and him in mine, yeah. obviously. But we would come and do our auditions to each other and coach each other and stuff like that. And, you know, he was great, of course. And then I, I can remember at a certain point, you just had to wait in your hotel room for them to call you. Oh, Jesus Christ. To, and by the way, Anna Gasteyer, who was on the show at that point, was also a friend, also a groundling. And she was like, you I know, love her. Um, I love her too. super She's supportive. And like I, she would, you know, sort of call not to give me inside information, but to just be encouraging. Yeah. And, um, you know, I. Obviously, I don't know when you're going to do it or whatever, but just have fun, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. And I remember walking, they, they, the call came, and it was toward the end of the day. So I was kind of exhausted already from the anticipation yeah, yeah. of it all. Right. No, it's like you're walking the green mile. Yeah, I mean, and, and like- you're going over your five minutes in your head and... Rah, rah, and, you know, passing out for 10 minutes from exhaustion and waking up and trying to whatever. Oh, God. Anyway, so I'm walking down 54th or whatever to 30 Rock. And I've got, like, you know, I was I didn't, I was known for mostly doing characters. I didn't really have impressions. Yeah. And my characters kind of involved, like, wigs and a look. And I thought, well, for them to get it, I should bring all my stuff. And I remember, like, one of my characters had, <laughs> was kind of a, a heavy, fat guy. I ended up doing on Mad TV. But... I didn't have a fat suit, so I brought my pillow from the hotel. Oh, no. You stole the hotel. And I'm holding a hotel pillow under my arm, and I'm walking down toward 30 Rock. You look like a and college whole, student going to the gate of the, the whole fucking city airport. And the whole city in a bag of wigs, and the whole city's just doing deliveries and stuff all around you. They don't give. They don't care. They don't care. Right and uh, you know, I, I, I realized there were a couple other people around me, and none of them had anything. They just had their talent. Yeah. And I was like, oh god. Oh, fuck. Like, I, I thought I started to get the sweat like this is like, not gonna go well second I, guessing know, third guessing the, all I needed was an excuse to not feel well about yeah. it and then they put us they put you all in a separate room in in Studio H or 8H or whatever whatever yeah. it is and I was put into this room that was I later learned was where all the musicians were put so it was the, it was a bigger room but it was just like it smelled of smoke and it was the only room that you could smoke in uh-huh and I still had like three hours more to wait, and uh, and then there's no there's nothing you know you're just put in this room it's like a waiting room, and suddenly the door opened, and this guy walked in who was a major writer for the sh- I think I could say it's, it was Adam McKay yeah and he walked in he's like oh sorry and he had like a cigarette all primed like he came in to smoke yeah he's like oh this is where we smoke. And he was really nice. Yeah, he's a I was good like, guy. Of course, go ahead and smoke. And then, so he's smoking. And I know he doesn't really want to talk to me, but he but probably there. feels I'm there. And I'm and I'm sitting there. And he's not a monster. And I've, so got, he has and to I've got like my bag of wigs and my pillow, <laughs> and it's terrible. And he tries to he struck up a bit of a conversation, said a word or two that were yeah. um, encouraging. But I, I like I knew he just wanted to smoke a cigarette, and I <laughs> and I was almost it. I almost wanted to just pass out from diabetic coma or whatever. Yeah, I know. And. Then finally they're like, it's your time. And it was, I was, it was literally, they were going till five, I think. And I was 10 of five. It was something crazy late. And they pulled me out into the hallway. And when I went into the hallway, there were other people coming in and out of doors through all the hallways. And I realized in every door, there was a TV screen with 10 people or maybe not 10, but many people around the TV screen. And what I, that's when I realized, oh, 
you're auditioning, but it's being broadcast oh, throughout shit. the building. I've never heard this. This is a, that, that is. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, and it and it's and it's broadcast to L.A. because NBC is looking at it in L.A. Oh. Oh. I would have seen. I would have rather not known that till after the. Film. I would have. I would have liked. I'm not sure you would have. Well. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't want to know that at all. Like, wait, what? Yeah, you're fucking kidding me. So that was just like, oh, fuck, you know. And then um, as I was waiting on deck. Jimmy Fallon came out of those doors that you've seen famously yeah, during the opening yeah. things, yeah. and, and he there made were Lauren laugh, and <laughs> and he did apparently very well. Like I didn't obviously didn't see the audition, but like right. he received a hero's welcome, and which I was happy for because I think he's great and sweet and funny and talented. You but hated I, him. No, Stop it. No, no, no. It made me. It only made me think like, oh no, I'm not gonna yeah. do well. Yeah. But for him, I was thrilled. I, I always thought it was. Great. I yeah. always heard because he did an Adam Sandler impression and that made Lauren actually yeah, laugh. I've heard like, that story, I've heard bunch, that story yeah. bunch. Yeah. So then I walked in and they walk you into the you you stand where the guest host stands, you know, for their monologue. And there's nobody in the theater, but uh, I walked past Tina and uh, Lauren. They were the <laughs> only people I saw in the actual physical audience. Other than the people that were watching monitors in the Warren yeah, of over. Studio H, there was a camera guy who was gruff but nice. Uh-huh. Who was like, "You stand here. This is your camera. You deliver." You know, blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, it was very perfunctory. Wow. And then I did my thing, and I and I'm certain it was terrible. Are you sure? And yeah, you've never oh, seen yeah. it. I've never seen, and I I never want to. I never want anyone to. I just do you like watching yourself terrible. in general? No. Okay. No, that, neither. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's. I mean, I think that's like. I, you're, look, you're in. A, but everyone was really nice. You're. I have in, to you're, say. you're in this really cool fraternity of people who've been through that gauntlet. No matter like the, yeah. amongst the people who've like won, gotten it, and haven't, it is very cool to have like in like it's as a marker in your career. I just I to even I, get the audition. Yeah, I think to, it's to, to like to have gone through that. It's like to I don't know. I know it must have been. It was single handedly. I think the most intimidating thing I can that I've personally or was the most intimidating to me I should say did, did was now, Matt TV but no. Matt wait Matt TV was the next day I flew home not so <laughs> Matt TV and I was so exhausted and over everything did that I was you know that already I, that you didn't get SNL by the time you flew here I did because when I was checking out of the hotel both Chris and Jimmy Jimmy were literally standing out I think I met Chris I talked to Chris on the phone and I met Jimmy on the way out and they're like, Oh yeah, we have an, we have a meeting or whatever. You know, oh, the, I was like, like Oh, that. you know, well good, you know, good. So do I. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I truly, yeah. I was just so happy to be done with the audition. I get it. That I truly, stressful. it just, yeah. And then I flew home and auditioned for mad TV. I think it was the day after whatever, but it was, if it wasn't that day, it was the day after. And I was so, um, I didn't have any more in, being intimidated in me that I was kind so of like, like chill. this is what it is yeah. you want it you like yeah. it great if yeah. not I don't I you know I can't so you had that don't give a fuck and energy I, so, and so I got SNL that. actually helped you probably Prob- oh probably, probably yeah, yeah. probably because there is a like there's a level of like if I have like a big like stand up show or something I get really fucking worked up yeah. and I get I mean I get really like a lot of anxiety and then if the next day I come back here and I have a set at the laugh factory I'm like fuck it like I don't yeah I don't have the panic because I just used all my energy the day before at the at a bigger show okay two quick two quick questions on this so how long after the audition did you know you get did you get mad tv like was it was it quickly yeah i had already auditioned once or twice for them in a preliminary way that again 
I don't think I cared about because I had this SNL, SNL thing. Was, so how many auditions were Was it three for Matt TV? I don't remember. Okay. I do, oh, actually, I do remember they wanted one more after I did that one. Okay. And I literally said, like, hire me or not. And they're like, okay, we'll hire you. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, it was like giving a bank loan. And how it's, many, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> when you, the power of maybe no, I don't know. And how many years were you there? Matt? Yeah. Ten. Amazing. It's a long fucking time to be at a place. I actually, I don't think I've ever told you this story, but I went to rehab and uh, I really did. I was in rehab for cocaine and um, we weren't <laughs> Stop allowed. Stop bragging. I know, but we weren't allowed. This is now about 19 years ago, but um, I was not, you weren't allowed to really watch TV. Everything was like strictly like, it, I didn't even go to fancy rehab. It was at a hospital in Santa Monica. And it was like, like I was there with like, you know, that shithole Santa Monica. No, but I was there with crack addicts. I was there. It wasn't like, it passages wasn't, Malibu. It wasn't promises classy. or passages or any of those things. It was like, it was really down and dirty, but gutters. one night a week <laughs> we would get to watch TV. And for whatever reason, it, the the TV was on, and I you know I wasn't going to argue with like scary crack addicts or or, or I'm ahead of you. Yeah, pill, I know it's going to happen. Pillheads and Mad TV was on, and you were on, and I honestly I don't even remember the episode, but I never laughed so hard. I was in the most need of a laugh probably in my entire life, and I every single thing I was it just I thought was. It, it just like I, I just ate it up. It was something that was other than the fact that I had completely fucked up my life and no longer had a septum. I just forgot all about it because it was yeah. So a Jew without a septum. I know. Look at this septum. nose; oh it's completely God. collapsed. Where do you put your quarters? I know. <laughs> magic is, beans. I think you're getting. A, I think you're getting a little taste of what those text exchanges are like. <laughs> Well, I, I'm sure we've been talking a long time. Before, I don't want to... We can edit as much. I want to talk about the show Nobodies. Okay. That's where I want to know about like... Oh, let me say something real quick. About, yes, please. So you were saying that you only had characters like when you went into audition. Yeah. Okay. But you ended up doing impressions of people because I... Because they make you. They But one you did that... I, I didn't watch like every episode of Mad TV, but occasionally like I would... The one that you did of the fucking Dr. House... That was one of my favorites. It was. So I've never cool. seen it. Oh, have you never seen do this fucking Hugh Laurie, Doctor House? Okay, so I honestly have to say I think that that was just that an example of really good writing, which I didn't write, um, and the fact that Hugh Laurie and I, you resemble each other. You could do easily, yes. easily. Like, but, but it was also when they're like, good. "You're going to do House." I'm like, "All right." And the makeup person normally they transform you. She just kind of looked at me. She's like. We're I think, good. I think you're good. No, it, you I, get a cane. Okay, you can say it's good writing, and as much as I like to fuck with you, it was, you were really fucking funny. Like you nailed the whole, just the way that you were just get so irritated. With the, it was. You have to find it. Oh, no find guy, guy, find it. So, pull it up. so guy, our producer yeah. sitting here, he doesn't have a microphone because yeah. you know we're 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 still just starting yeah. out. Guy will link the house sketch in um yeah. in the. Uh, Do you want to take a? Want to take a, a, a quick? We're gonna take a quick. We'll be right back after this word from our not sponsor. Hey, welcome back. If we were away, okay. Here's the thing. Yeah, for our, I, like, our advertiser just. I I don't know whether we put in anything there. We may not have, but we could I, just put Bud Light in and maybe. I don't go. Them. I can't not pee in an hour. I don't know. Let's talk about prostates. Um, sure, we're, we're about the same age. I think we are about the same age. 
I never need an alarm clock anymore. That is the one thing. Like to me, I don't know if you're dealing with this at all. Maybe you're more fit and your prostate is in better shape. But I have to say, like, I don't think it's about fitness. I think your prostate. Just you could be the most. Age. You could be an Olympic athlete, which I am. <laughs> I'm certainly in the sarcasm Olympics, <laughs> but um, I don't know if it. I, Physical could be, fitness. but no, it physical. doesn't. As a board member of a prostate cancer charity, I was, I was, I don't want to add the that. The lady knows. My, my, look, we both, both of our dads, both of our dads died, died of it. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I was actually at a party recently with some people my own age, which is unusual That's for me. That's weird. I know. Yeah. And um, good and, for you, by the way. Yeah, it's, yeah. it was gross. Could they it's help not, you it's in a nice your change. It was gross. And we really did get. I, I found myself, and with no irony at all, bragging that. I, I think this came out of my mouth. Yeah, last night, I had the greatest night's sleep. I only got up once to pee. Was- I was hoping that you were going to say, this came out of my mouth. <laughs> pee, because my prostate is so out of control, I piss out of both my mouth and my face. Yeah, this is why I did not... That's, that's free for the modern family room. Le- this is, Le- this is why I this is why I completely tanked my Mad TV audition. <laughs> you pee out of your nips. So... You know, look, there's a lot of stuff. We, you'll be back, and there's a lot of stuff we can talk about in between your 10 glorious years at Mad TV and where you are now. I mean, I know you've directed every single show on television, but I want to hear about Nobodies, which is your current incredibly funny show on TV Land. That you direct and show run and star in? And write. Um, right. You do all of these things. I, I act in it, and I write. On it and direct it, and yes, I produce it along with a bunch of other old friends who write and act and produce on it as well. It's a kind of a weird, um, but in private, you family did, thing. But in private, you said it's all me. Yeah. So I just like during the break, <laughs> nobody's by Michael McDonald. Yeah, you were. It was, but that you guys, we were rolling. Oh, then. a Michael McDonald joint. I think is how you say it. <laughs> No, it's kind of truly it is like a dream scenario where, uh, you know, we've all been around for a while. People that you've known for a long time that you think are funny and like and you get to make a TV show with. And that is what it is. And Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcone are are involved. They executive produce. Ben directed the pilot and both Ben and Melissa, in addition to producing, act on it as well in many episodes. And um, we all knew each other from the Groundlings. And they were the ones who asked me to come on board. And it's been truly a blast. And the three main... Nobodies are they're uh, Hugh Davidson, Rachel Ramrus, and Larry Dorf, and they're nobody. If you don't know their names now, it's because they're nobodies, and All that's right. the premise of it. But they're very talented people who have made a living for a long time as writers, as groundlings, but also as writers of cartoons, Mike Tyson mysteries. Yes, I know that, and uh, some other stuff, but um, but mainly that. But main, mainly that, and now nobody's, which isn't going to. It got its second season pickup. We're in the middle of writing that. But you, you are, got a second season pickup before the first season even aired, didn't you? Yes, that's kind of amazing. But that's, I think, you know, one of the beauties of the non-network model. Yeah, it's TV Land is where it, yeah. you can find it, and they're they're, I think an example of a, a network that wants to change what they're doing. Sure. And they're using, I'm sure, other shows as well as ours, but ours is one of them, to do that. And they've given us kind of a very nice free reign to do what we think we want to do. And we're shooting in a different way and writing it in a different way where 
We write the whole season before you shoot word before one. A, a moment is shot. Oh, that's so, great! And then it's shot like a movie where so you can block shoot the whole season. We shoot, yeah, all the scenes. If 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 we all were characters in the show, we would shoot all of our stuff in this room for every episode in one day, and then wow. you know whatever. And so it's really truly like a movie. And we frankly kind of write it and structure it like a movie that's broken up into pieces. That's amazing. and that it's very um, satisfying. It's creatively that's great and i do find that serialized comedy is good for binging in a way that like sort of network comedy isn't because it's the- well yeah if everything if, if everything gets wrapped up would i'm not criticizing but if everything gets wrapped, wrapped up, up at the end the end you don't need to binge watch right really no but um, but you know it's like I, I just keep thinking like you know we're starting to consume tv oddly as we become a more illiterate culture like books so like TV seasons are now books and each yeah. episode is a chapter and it's uh, so but that's great how did you come in how did you know these three stars did you know them prior to because um, I know it's their story and I know it's a fictionalized version but did you know them prior to this yeah they were all students of mine at the Groundlings back before Mad TV wow when I was um, struggling and obviously they yeah. were so we all knew each other as dirt poor people who hopefully I th- assume we all thought we were funny yeah and you know it's you when you're in your 20 if anyone is listening to this who's in their 20s or young in any way where you look around at the people that you think your contemporaries you go oh I think you're talented you're talented you're talented someday maybe we can make a show and that's actually this is an embodiment of that 20 years later where we get to do that how would you how would you like sell the show like so people that are listening that they haven't watched it like how would you describe the show well i haven't described it this way in public before but truly it's die hard on a bus (laughs) (laughs) it's three people it's two guys and this girl and in real life one of the girl is married to one of the guys in real life and I honestly view it as kind of a smart version of the Three Stooges, where two of the Stooges are married. I honestly believe it that way. That's really funny. But I mean, I've seen it unlike Danny. Um, I saw. I that's not you. You you're trashing me, but I did. I watched a screener. You did watch a screener? Yes, I did. So fuck you. Which one? I don't know what the episode was. It was like episode, what I don't it know. About? I'm assuming it would be the pilot. Just go, It probably was the pilot, but go on. I'm trying to help Danny out yeah. here. Yeah. Go on. Cool. Anyway. I th- no, but, but it's, it's like... You didn't a, read Lolita. I did. Uh, I jerked off to it. Um, <laughs> but like watching it, I enjoyed it because there, there was a, to me, there was like a Seinfeld-esque thing to it where there, there was a, there's a lot of discomfort in watching it. Because well, they're all Jews. Well, so, maybe that... Believe me. I feel I really... The two Guy and I are feeling really persecuted. Actually, in truth, two of them are Jewish Ugh. and um, one is not. And both of the Jewish real life people are Jews who went to the University of Arizona and there's a line my, one of my favorite lines is the non-Jewish guy says at, to the to them in a writing session out of all the Jews in Hollywood I get the University of Arizona Jews <laughs> and because they don't know any of the references like they're no, you they've, in by they've got all the they've got all the um all the uh, neuroses, neuroses, but without but the smarts, with none of the smarts of like a Harvard Jew. Yeah, so. they, they basically got in by drawing that mouse on the matchbook, <laughs> Binky, they, or 
just just by marketing their neuroses. That's amazing. Yeah. I have a question. This is the, the question that struck me because I've actually one of the last times I went out for pilot season was a uh, it was a a show that was sort of it took place in the world of show business and the the criticism I had from everybody which is a criticism that I just fucking hate because it shouldn't matter but they go oh it's too inside did you ever get that when you were pitching this show that this is going to be too inside no one cares about because I, I, I feel it's false first of all I mean I think Hollywood does a lot of its own like like sucking itself off and so I get like that you don't want to do that but I think like I look at Larry Sanders. I think that was a brilliantly yeah. funny show. The Dick Van Dyke show was like, took place yeah. at a fucking, like, it's, you, it's how you deliver it. Like, I have you, a pilot right now that's kind of the same, and, and that's the, it's like, maybe you could make one not an actor. <laughs> so it's I know too they get, much. Did you get that from TV yeah. Land, or were they just all in on it? I didn't, we didn't get that that's at all. Great. But also, we've never cared about the backdrop of showbiz to us it's always been um, the the, yeah about the relationships of, of the life. characters yeah. and or the awkwardness of life yeah. yeah well i know you i mean one thing that i bonded with michael over early was we are both in giant fans of cringe comedy of things that make us cringe and yeah, like or si- <laughs> or or any situation like we will recount stories all the time of times when either we made somebody cringe or better we were fortunate enough to be near something well cringe. that's that's something that michael we bonded over that too is like the joke that fails in front of people when you tell that joke and there's nothing better there's nothing to me than a swing and a miss a, I, yeah swing and a miss i've told the joke where like it's just crickets and then you know three seconds of crickets and then you hear someone go oh my god <laughs> like, like that's the yeah. response you're like yes well you know, to me i always think like this is horrible right yeah. now but my friends are gonna love it when i tell them how badly i wiped out yeah i uh, know i crash and burn joke it's just, yeah it's just, you have a joke in your act it's very much like a joke i did in real life so it's better in your act but it, but but in my but in my real life there was a dude we were like at a i was at a preschool party just on my own I didn't have kids yet no I'm kidding I was at but with my kids just as a fan just as a fan but I was there and there was one dad who kept show like his, I guess his daughter was like a ballerina and was like so he which is a weird thing for Limber. a dad. For a dad, exactly. For a dad to do. Like, you expect moms to show pictures of their kid. This guy was going on and on about his daughter. Look at this, look at this. And I looked at, and so I, and I'm used to being in a comedy room and not around civilians. Yeah. And no, none, rules. no rules. No yeah, rules, yeah. and no one's there. And it's like, I mean, and and, and so he's, they're passing, look at her right here. Look at her. My, my, everybody's like sort of obligatory. Yeah, she could get it. And I go, she seems gettable. <laughs> and it it really died. It died oh, yeah, to such yeah. an extent that like later my wife heard about it from other things and like you you know you're I was told you know like they didn't have me back. Yeah, they, because it's like not everybody has does what you do yeah, for exactly. a living. It's right. Like the, yeah, but a lot of people live normal lives. They're not uh, comedy writers yeah. searching desperately for, for comedy yeah. everywhere in every situation. Searching desperately for the love their father never gave them. <laughs> well, like They're just the looking to live everyone, a normal life. Like the rest of us feel numb to everything. Like I remember when uh, when I was still married and my stepdaughter had a dance, like a Saturday all day dance competition. All the dance teams were competing, and I go to it and I'm like, oh god, this is really what I want to be doing on a fucking Saturday. Going to this gym and like as I walk in, it says ten dollars all day, you know, whatever, a wristband. And I, as I walk in, I look around. There was just some single men 
just sprinkled about and i was like i'm sure they went ten dollars all day jackpot (laughs) they don't check your fucking you know sexual predator are you like a registered sex offender there's a great character little miss sunshine who get like after she does her terrible dance it was like just like a creepy old girl yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i made the mistake of saying that like in front of all the mothers i was like look at all these guys here i bet they're thinking 10 bucks all day (laughs) and then it was just this dead silence the dead silence is the best everyone's got their button on with their daughter's picture that's my girl (laughs) like look at all these pedophiles they want to fuck your children we were in santa barbara (laughs) at the beach where it was you know um whatever the big hotel is there but there's the glass wall and there's a lawn to the beach. Is it's this like beautiful. Post Ranch Inn or no, uh, no, 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 not Santa. I know the one you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, the Four Seasons, I think. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. so you know, but and the sun is setting, and it's families all around. It's gorgeous, and this really, really great father and his son who were they were chasing each other, and the like the the I could tell the kid was loved, and the dad was a great dad, and they eventually, as the sun went down, was kind of going to silhouette, and they were holding hands and kind of running around, and I, as a bit, you know, just yelled, "He's too young for you!" Oh no! And no, it died. Well, I was with people I didn't know. I was with a, a, a sure. bar full of strangers which, on vacation from various parts of the wor- right. world or country. Which, by the way, added to your bit, I'm sure, in your well, mind. <laughs> I mean, I, that's when I, I think I felt like I can get away with this. But then the silence was deafening. But and exquisite. Those are the those are my favorite moments. No, I know mine too. Mine too. And I know like you put that into nobody's a little bit. <laughs> Thank so, you for wrapping wrapping that back in. No, but yeah. I, it really is true though. I mean, I, I like you know, I'm not like a huge fan of who Ricky Gervais has become, but what Ricky Gervais was on that original office, that was like yeah. it, the the level of discomfort that he was able to convey on that show was I mean, I, I, it was life changing for me. Well, I, I, that's what I like is it, well, especially now where I almost feel like there are more rules than when I remember. Yeah, and um, for fucking so there's sure. just more opportunities to make a mistake, and yeah. that to me is the funniest stuff. Yeah. Well, it feels like there's more at stake. It's more of a high wire act. It's like walking across a Grand Canyon with a tether rope or but, not. But is, if there's a high wire act and you're like, wait a minute, this is a high wire? I know. Now? Like everything's a high wire? Well, yeah. Know. Well, everybody's so sensitive now. But it's I think- almost like it's become British comedy here where, you know, where British comedy used to be like because everything was so, so embarrassing. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yes. And now literally we're all embarrassed by everything all the time. It is the golden age of outrage. I it's fantastic. Like, well, like Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I think, is really great at being... Uncomfortable. Oh, she's. I mean, that, I, she. She has like a doubt. Is like, unbelievable. I will go everything. Like I think of Seinfeld. Like everything she's been in. When she wants to be like, I'm gonna oh, go. Oh, you know, she fumbles. Like she does it so perfectly I'm, that I fucking love. I, I, think she's fantastic. I, I, I was talking about this the other day with some comedy writer friends. I think she may be the greatest television comedy person. Comedy like sitcom star of all time I think she is I I can't think of anybody who can get and when you watch her on Veep which is truly a hateful character well (laughs) you know I will say uh, not to take anything away from her yeah uh, the whole show the whole show that whole show every actor on it the writing I know when it's good when I'm so intensely 
jealous. That's how yeah. I feel. And and not just jealous. I honestly I don't know how they do it. They do such an amazing job all of them yeah. there's 10 people in every scene yeah. and every character is serviced and hilarious and, 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 and they and, deliver the line and like it's performance so is amazing amazing that timothy uh Simmons. tim simons is oh my God, Simons. all of them I, I, but there's like, not one of them that's not performing even when they have like fucking amazing... guest actors on like i watched like allison janney was on when she was basically being like diane sawyer oh yeah she, and was she tries to burn like julie I, louis and they're just walking and, and like them. just shit talking who's like, the scandin the woman who plays the scandinavian she was president. so oh my god she was she is so just so I want great. to give a shout out to Sam Richardson. Sam oh Richardson <laughs> is without a doubt. We were watching just a YouTube video of Richard Splett. That part could be so badly done. It is the I I, I had the opportunity to meet him at a party because I know He's, Tim Simons. I I, just, I I I I'm sure I scared him away. That is one of the best comedy characters I have ever seen. God. And and then it all I want to do is talk about all the rest because they're no. all so goddamn great. Yeah. No, and you know Gary Cole's and good and obviously great writing. Yeah, it's great writing. But it's, it's a, just it all clicks. It's like one of those things where something everything just clicks. The writing, and none the of it would happen if it wasn't her at the center because and that she's willing to be such a dick. It's, yeah. it's, it's so great and I've worked with so many you can look at I, my I mean, IMDb creatively. No, I'm, exactly. I mean, I've worked with so many com- you can look at my IMDb page and you'll guess who they are but I've worked with so mind. many actors and actresses who were But like, just name in case we don't we never don't, never but, wanted but to name. be the fool or the Brett Butler <sighs> but I mean ever wanted to um, you know be, be that person and um, it's a uh, what a, what a brilliant um, understanding of a woman, of an actor, I should say, to understand, oh, no, yeah, I want to be the fool, I want to be wrong, I want to be bad, it's, I want to be... It's comedy. When you can be like, when you can be an asshole, like... Or, when, I, or I shouldn't say that, it's not that, it's, I want, I know where the funny is, and it's yeah. here, wherever it well, is. Danny McBride on, like, Eastbound and Down. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he, fantastic, like, you know, the whole time you're like, you're actually rooting for this asshole. Mm-hmm. He's treating everyone like shit. His family, his friends, his. But it's like you're still. You're, he's getting the whole away time with that. You're like, yeah, man, I still want this guy to win. It's still, it's so funny. No, I, believe like, me, I think that's like to make somebody who's doing awful things appealing. Like, I mean, it, it, and that's for comedy and drama. I mean, the genius of Breaking Bad was you found yourself rooting for a meth dealer, and it was just like it was. Just, it challenged you to like, how long am I going to root for this fucking guy? He just killed a kid. Yeah. Why am I still caring that he doesn't die? And I think like that, it's the same thing in comedy. So, well, like Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't know if you watch oh, that. Ever, I've never missed an episode. And Always Sunny, they're like every single one of these characters are just deplorable. They're horrible. Well, you loved her in the neck. Yeah, you oh, loved that, her in the neck. I told I this story. Do, do we tell this story on the podcast yet? <laughs> I don't know if we did tell the story on the podcast. Uh, but like Rob told me, you know, he created you know stars in Always Sunny, and I, I was talking to him one time. I was like, that that show is just you get away with so much. He goes, we get away with it because they always lose at the end. Well, right, I mean, lose, there's got to be a morality. Be re- yeah, to you something. can't be rewarded for your shitty behavior. And I thought that was such a great. Yeah, it's great because you still fall on your face. Like it, you can't that's get the, away with it. That's the thing. As long as there's comeuppance. Yeah, can, yeah, and, yeah. And it's like I mean, you and you watch like you watch 
once brilliantly funny people who decide to be cool and it's just not well that's the death of comedy it is. you don't want to look like a fool i know yeah. and it's like you know you know I, there's many examples of it but uh, i want to be hilarious and noble uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> no, i want my no. tombstone i want people to cry at my death <laughs> and i want that memoriam to be separate the from show is else. not it's not a television show it's a revolution look that up <laughs> you'll know who i'm talking about no i will say this about veep though just getting back this is the ultimate compliment i could sort of pay to it. We really um, need to get back to Veep. Just I, I do want to suck Veep's dick more. <laughs> I mean, too. I'm, I'm I mean nobody says okay, but no, no, no. I do nobody's, too. Nobody says no Veep. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but like, will be. I maybe you know, someday. You may not have heard this because I might not have brought it up in the last ten minutes. But I've won a lot of Emmys on Modern Family. Um, I haven't heard that. Uh, yeah, since, so, uh, since we stopped recording, and you I, I yeah. made me look at your IMDb. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but. So we went on. We went on a five. It's year, weird that you brought them here, but I know. Like, cool. Hey, stop touching it. Okay. Um, also, it's interesting that you know you win an Emmy for something that is a hundred person operation. Go on. Yeah, no, yeah. I produce it, and obviously, it's what does that all, it's mean? All me. What does that mean? I, a lot. Any, a lot of people will say, especially in, in my house, that the show is all <laughs> me. No, but I, but I have the five. Whatever you can denigrate it all you want. It just comes off <laughs> making you seem small. Um, I mean, but, I was I was nominated for a local news Emmy. Yeah, fine, it's not a big deal. But the year we so we went five years in a row, and then the year we lost was to Veep. And I can honestly say, like you know, when you're watching somebody in the audience clapping when somebody else wins the award and you just can see the pain and misery in their eyes <laughs> like our writing staff and I will to, to a person was just like we were like thrilled that they won. I like, was there. I watched your face. That's not what I saw. I, I, this is a podcast and I'm okay. lying right okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, enough about me. No, but seriously, but Veep is like I have to give it to every time like when she's won for best actress. It's well deserved. No, she can win every time. Like, yeah. but know, I just want fantastic. them all to be acknowledged because they're amazing. Oh, absolutely. Oh, wait, I'm drawing a blank on the what's the assistant's name? Is Arrested Development? Oh, uh, Tony Hale. Oh, Tony, oh, Tony Hale. Well, Tony Hale's amazing. Fucking amazing. Tony Hale and another great guy. Yeah, yeah he's the nicest great. guy. He's but the, but yeah, yeah, he's just. I've fuck those guys. <laughs> fuck them. They're nicest. Fuck talent. Them. Stupid. Fuck them. I'm sick of. That I just shit. watched Thirty Rock for the first time. Really? Yeah, it's on Netflix. I had never watched it. Have you ever seen it? Yes. Did you discover that it's great? (laughs) No, I loved it. But I was just like, I hadn't seen it. There was just a lot. I don't know. It was too many shows or something. And I just fucking blew through it. It was fantastic. It's great. It's so dense with jokes. We just hired a a writer on our show who I'd worked with before, but he came back from 30 Rock. So we've we've just been debriefing him on all the stories. Jack Burton, great. Great oh guy. yeah, yeah, I, he, I know. Yeah. yeah, great guy. Anyway, anything else? You Why want? are you're the only two motherfuckers who, while we're doing a podcast, would just have a blaring TV with no sound, we um, turn the sound just off. off, just out of eyesight for. Like I'm gonna be honest, Michael. We get bored easily. <laughs> so but I, mean, I understand if, because if you're mostly guy talking about his yourselves. Keys in front of my face, I would be like, "What? That's amazing!" Yeah, I, we need, I mean, this is what Danny and I would do once a week. Anyway, well, the whole podcast came up with like Jenny would have nothing to do, and I would have like a you know I'd be could come home from work or or it'd be like a, a late night, and I'd be like something on or like we talk about comedy or we'd come up with a project and we'd like be looking at. But we just watch YouTube. TVs. We'd watch it, YouTube it, videos. It, it would descend into watching YouTube videos, and we said, "Well, maybe we should record this because we're narcissists, and then yeah. we'll invite our friends over, <laughs> and you're our first friend." <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I will agree on one thing. You are both narcissists. Well, well I think we all have I that in that, common. I mean that in the warmest way. No, I know. <laughs> I think we all have that in common. Michael, is there anything else you'd like to add? We've kept what you long enough. What's going, what, what can we be looking for for Michael McDonald? Is there going to be a Doobie Brothers reunion that we should know about? Oh my God. No, it feels like we haven't gotten anywhere. Um, no, I, I look forward to seeing you both at the other end of a, a bar at some point yeah. soon. Maybe even tonight. Maybe even tonight. Just this bar, but no. the Johnson bar. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. TV land, and uh, that's about it for now. Will you be directing? Do you, Are you booked to direct any um, other episodes we can talk about of network television? I'll do uh, a little Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Very good show, quality show. stand-up action? I will be on It's Not Happening, or This Is Not Happening, I believe, oh. on Comedy Central. Okay. And oh, and uh, I'll maybe do a Superior Donuts, which is a, a friend, CBS show. I know a friend of mine. Wow. Uh, you'll meet, say hi to Chuck Tatham, who is over there. Who, I guess. So there you go. There you go. Look at there. Danny just bragging. I, you know everyone everywhere, don't you? It's Look, not bragging to know. It's not. It's what we do. We connect. We, we connect. try to help. Bring your right. I just. Want, be, be, I guess before we go, guy. Do we? Have, I'm just gonna put guy on real quick. Guy, do we? Anything to add to the show? I mean, I would like to know if and maybe this is a dumb question. But it's enough from guy. And um, <laughs> okay, so we apologize. We can edit that out. Uh, we'll pop that up. Yeah. No, there, guy. What, what was the question? I just want to know if he had a favorite character of his that he's done. Is, is there such a thing as having like a mad TV. This is. I'm so sorry, but answer it because so, otherwise, I'm so angry. What we can't pay. We can't pay. We, we can't pay guy yet, and so this is like we. This is all we can do. And you're he, not even letting him sit on a real chair. I know he's sitting in some sort he's of squatting potty. Leather ottoman that's made out of he, like ostriches or babies or something. I'm so. using currently guy as an ottoman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite character? I mean, we know the ones that broke out. But. I honestly have to say, I enjoyed all of doing any of them of mine. I enjoyed other people's characters that they performed. So much on, more. on Mad TV, who were who? So the ones that you didn't perform. Whitney Houston. Uh, I loved Deborah Wilson's <laughs> Whitney Houston. That was amazing. I still will go and YouTube that shouldn't watch it. it it's great. Fucking hell, Deborah Wilson. Perfect. Committee or Deborah Wilson's Oprah also amazing. also fantastic. I mean, I gotta say the other thing I saw it wasn't, it wasn't in rehab. It was after rehab. But was Will Sasso's <laughs> and I forgot who he did it with. But the making of the song "You Are the Love of My Life" mm. is one of my favorite. Him things. and Alex Borstein. It's Alex Borstein and the two of them are a both talented singers. Yes, but also just really funny people. Really funny. And they played fictional singers with some one-hit wonder. They had a song yeah. where oh, it was also it was kind of a behind the music on one song, and literally the only lyric in the song in this duet of these two people was, "You are the love of my life. You are the love of my life." Yeah, and it was like, and but it went on forever with just that. I thought that was wonderful. That was they true. were <laughs> hilarious, and and uh, Alex Borstein also an amazing actress. She's I mean, the greatest. All of them. I mean, Mo Collins. Stephanie Weird, Stephanie Weird, yeah. Nicole Sullivan, Nicole, Bobby Lee, um, I, Bobby Bar- Lee, Bobby Lee, like uh, they were the King of Michael okay. Keaton. Jordan, Jordan Peele, Peele. Oh, yeah. Michael Keaton, like and and the list goes on. It was just to me, it was really fun. As much as I had fun performing my shit, I just liked the people I worked with and the stuff they did. Was, was there ever like something you did? And you were surprised by how well received it was. Like did all you, of it. <laughs> but did you ever look at something and go, all "This is gonna fucking tank"? Uh, and then I most, it, it's I, it's mostly like, always is like, what? People like this? Great. I mean, right. it, you never knew. 
Well, well like, How do you if, know? like if you've ever done like a, you know, you've done you do stand up or whatever, you do a joke and you're like, yeah, it's kind of I'll just throw this in the middle. It's not going to be that great. Yeah. And then that's the thing that everybody fucking laughs yeah, at. Yeah, that I like, mean, but you I never would imagine. Know. But is is there one in particular that stands out for you? I mean, for me, even uh, the character Stuart that I did was uh, uh, it was I knew it was popular. At, I did it at the Groundlings, but then when it was time to do Mad TV, yeah. the audition for Mad TV, the, uh, they told me when I went into the network to not do Stuart. That's amazing. Why? That it was too weird, <laughs> and don't do it. Too and weird. so I didn't do it. Yeah, but what's normal? <laughs> that, that's amazing. I see. I, that's incredible to me because I even when you were just telling the story, which I didn't ask that much about, I assumed you got that Mad TV on the back of Stewart. No, Mm-mm. that's amazing. That's really. If you don't know Stewart, that's another thing to look. Did to you look do at. it with Mo initially, like at the Groundlings, or was that no? Like, it was with Mindy Sterling. Who, oh, okay. Oh. Um, was is an amazing actor. She's and fantastic. by the way, let me say this because I this I love is her important. on the Mindy Project. She is so good. Not that Mindy. She's on the Nick. Different. No. No. <laughs> no. Mindy Sterling, who's probably best known from the Austin Powers movies. Frau from Frau. Frau. Yep. Of course, I love her. She and I. She was my teacher twenty five thousand years ago. But we eventually became, I got into the main company. We wrote a mother-son thing, and it was Stuart and his mom. <laughs> and she originated the character of the of okay. Stuart's mom. And then when I got on Mad TV, it had, there, there had already been a little bit of a history of people coming from Groundlings or maybe Second City. I, uh, to SNL or whatever, where like suddenly who owns the property kind of thing. Oh, wow. And there had been issues before. So I, when I got onto Mad TV and wanted to do Stuart, I couldn't really do him all by himself. I needed to have a mom. Yeah, of course. And wanted to have one of the women on the cast do her because they wouldn't obviously let yeah. Mindy do it. But I had to get, in my opinion, I had to get Mindy's blessing. Uh, yeah. Blessing. Yeah. And without equivocation, she said, with my blessing, go do it, God, you know, all of it. And if she had not, I, I would not have done it wow. for, for sure. And she has never once ever like demanded or asked for anything. And I should say also, Mo Collins, when I asked her to do it, she's yeah. like, I don't want to do what Mindy does. I'm a huge fan of Mindy's uh-huh. and don't want to copy her and I have to do it my way and she did she originated her own mom yeah wow but with that I mean that's just an example of not one but two women who were incredibly generous creatively personally professionally and I cannot say enough about both of them and, and very she, supportive I, I, too because actually I went and saw you at the Pasadena Ice House when you were doing stand-up and first person I saw it was Mindy <laughs> there watching you. So and also as Michael was, and what's so nice about what you're saying here is because what you're saying right before we started about how women aren't funny, which I thought was <laughs> and I thought like and I think like so it's so nice that I think course, that everyone's kind of over the top about one or something. yeah like, um, Jesus we get it. But the, talk about two amazingly talented, amazingly kind human beings: Mindy Sterling, Mo Collins. There you go. Jenny Johnson. Jenny Johnson. Ah, I mean. Yeah, she's also a woman. She is. Well, I mean, look, we've we've gone long enough. My drink is empty. We'll start to play in some 
music here. Maybe we'll do one of the. Well, maybe should we do the Christopher Cross all along, um, "Ride yeah. Like the Wind"? I mean, maybe Deborah Bella, Wilson as Whitney Houston. Oh, that would be good. Maybe a little house. I'm just trying to think what we could do for the um, no, but for music, outro music. Uh, I don't know know, something that's funeral sounding. Such a professional podcast. I know. I'm thinking like, okay, it's George Carlin who's judging me, right? It's your choice. (laughs) Sorry, George. It's 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 not not me. It's what a fool believes. Maybe we'll we'll fade in. Ride like the wind. Maybe ride like the wind. Let's keep it ride like the wind. Um, Yeah, because that will be good. Take your shirt off, and guy. guy. Won't take his shirt off. It's like right. Oh my god. Oh, that oh, undershirt. Got four shirts underneath. Guy Look is, at the undershirt. Guy, action. guy is like a fat kid in is a pool right un- now. He's is that undershirt have stains on it on the pits? He, oh, guy no. is lactating. Anyway, thank you so much. First of all, big thanks to Michael McDonald. Cue applause under "Ride yeah. Like the Wind," and um, you've been great. You're, it's great to call you a friend. Thank you for having me. Birdie's here. She didn't fart once. Not Joey's once. It's been good. We love you. If you like the show, rate it. If you don't like the show, lie. Um, watch Nobodies. Watch Nobodies. Go on YouTube and watch all the Mad TV things. Yeah, but watch Nobodies on TV Land. Are we done with season one airing? We are. Um, the finale airs next week, which I'm guessing... This will not. No, we're going to get this out. What, we'll get this what, out. Get, let's do it. Uh, and also, uh, um, oh, by the way, I want to give a shout out to Leslie Bibb. Yeah. yeah. On Nobody's, who's, 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 who's a friend. Amazing on and it. I okay, love so. her to pieces. She lives here part of the time. And we will put her, she will be a, a podcast guest in the uh, near At some near point, yeah. The finale airs on the 21st. So the 21st, do you want to say what time? I mean, you're doing, this is a terrible Seven, plugging. Uh, sorry, 10 p.m. Eastern and 7 here. No. It's 10 p.m. Oh, I get it. Because I have DirecTV, I just get it at 7. So, whatever. It's not a big deal. Um, I get the East Coast feeds. Well, if it was, then it would be 7 Eastern, 10 here. Yes. If you you were... Sober enough to get it all I'm together. Not, Ma- I'm not. I need it's another. It's 10 p.m. Wednesday. Uh, t- TV Land. TV Land. Nobody's season finale. finale. Watch that shit. And it's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, there's a study done. If you don't watch it, and I just read this in the Wall Street Journal, you're a douchebag. So are you going to appear in the last episode? I'm not in the finale. And your I finger was in last gloves? week's episode. <laughs> I like yeah, your finger toe shoes. I like but I'm in more in next season. Okay. okay. Watch that. Thank you very much. Thanks to Guy. It's Jenny. Guy. Jenny, you know Jenny. I love you. Yeah, I love you. Your oh, Twitters. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Uh, What's your uh, Twitters? Um, at McDonald Comedy, which I, it sounds gross. I didn't oh pick it. Oh, my God. When I was touring, a touring company gave it to me. Don't oh give me shit about it. It's, it's well, mine's Jenny Johnson High Five H I yeah, Five because because somebody took Jenny Johnson and it was an Asian girl who tweeted once and it was just a series of letters. So I, at least mine wasn't racist. What no. about yours? Um, no, mine just felt like mine racist is, towards like Asian people that hate white people. Mine is super creative. It's at Danny Zucker Z U K E R. Don't put a C in there um, because there's no. But C also, in. you. The, how many are there of you? There's, there's almost a million no, Michael McDonald, so yeah, there's almost, don't give me shit about no, there's McDonald. A, there's a there lot of Jenny Johnson. There's a Danny worry. Zucker, Z-U-C-K-E-R, you and he gets... He uh, really is successful. He, gets he did a, Airplane and things I like love that. that word. I love no, he's, That's Jerry and David Zucker. I like them, too. Yeah, oh, my right. God. All, my the, all those Jews. Yeah, oh, so that C, makes, so that, that C stands for cash. Okay, good night. Guy, what's your Twitter? I'm at the guy DF. 
Okay, he's down the guy, fuck. down to fuck, but no, just no just tea, via, now the though. Okay, just down. Okay, uh, on Twitter, and he's he he's down a, fuck, I, I, down I, fuck. I'm actually gonna give Guy a shout out. His tweets have been on point lately. I'm gonna just say that right now. So follow Guy DF. Oh my God, okay. the guy's taking his wiener out okay. right the now. Guy. The, the guy, guy. the guy, the guy, the guy. You don't listen at all. What? Such a writer. I am. Okay, so anyway, welcome to the show. No, okay. Good night. <laughs> Bye.